everybody. I am Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message for today, 420, 2021. That's right. It is 420. It's National Marijuana Day, National Weed Day, National Ganja Day. And I'm not here to tell you to smoke weed or not smoke weed. You know my feelings on individual liberty. What you do in the privacy of your own home or at a park is up to you or maybe at the movie theater. If you can go to a movie theater, back in the day when you could go to a movie theater. But I thought I would tell you one funny story about weed to kick us off today. Because years ago, I was once busted for smoking a joint. That's right. Dave Rubin, Mr. Responsibility, was once busted for smoking a joint. This is now about seven years ago, about 2013, 2014 or so. David, myself, and uh, Kelly Carlin, who you guys may know. She's my friend who's been on the show a couple times, daughter of the great... George Carlin, we went to a Journey concert. I love Journey, I've always loved Journey since I first heard Journey when I was maybe five years old. We went to a Journey concert in Orange County at an amphitheater, outdoor amphitheater. Kelly brought a joint, we smoked some dope, and we got narked on. The people behind us told on us, and security came to us, and they made us put out the joint. They actually didn't kick us out, but I had to step on a perfectly good joint at an outdoor journey concert in OC. And if that's not injustice, if that's not systemic injustice, then I don't know what is, people. Uh, okay, before we get to it today, there's there's so much going on. I'm super excited to be doing the show today. I, I usually enjoy doing the show, uh, but today I'm really feeling the flow because there's a lot of good stuff that we're gonna get to in just a sec. As always, click that subscribe button and uh, tap that notification bell so that maybe you see our videos in your feed. And very quickly before we get to the stories of the day, and there is a lot, there is a lot today. We're doing four stories and they're all kind of robust. This might be the longest episode ever of the Ruben Report Direct Message, we shall see. But before we get to any of that, uh, for those of you that are not playing along, on Twitter, and God bless you for not being on there, uh, or if you're not in my locals community, which in that case, you're doing something wrong in life. Uh, I did make a major announcement this morning, uh, first on rubenreport.locals.com and then on Twitter, uh, but I'm thrilled to announce that Locals just closed $3.8 million in seed funding. Uh, David Sachs of Craft Ventures, who was a guest on the show about six weeks ago or so, uh, he led the round. He is the former COO of PayPal. He has done something like 20 unicorns, like the guy has just created tons and tons of great companies. We have a whole bunch of great people involved, like true innovators from Silicon Valley and from the outside. Uh, Naval and Balaji and Jill Lonsdale and a whole bunch of people that, that you may or may not know. Tulsi Gabbard is an investor. Like we've really created something really just absolutely fantastic. We are rebuilding social media, bottom up, community first, and this is this is just the beginning. We built, just the way I built the Rubin Report in many ways, a slim, trim company, not reliant on all of the big machinery. That's what we're doing with Locals. And if you haven't checked out what we're doing yet, uh, rubinreport.locals.com. And also just uh, a day or two ago, uh, we're testing it with my community first, but we now have yearly subscriptions. So actually, if you wanna get two months for free, you can just click the yearly thing at rubinreport.locals.com. And, and I'd love to see you and be part of this. And by the way, we're doing a live event uh, for subscribers only in uh, in Orange County, actually. I, 
<laughs> we're not going back to the amphitheater, not going back there, uh, but we are doing a live event soon enough. That's all I'll say for now, but you can find out more if you're in the community. Okay, real quick, here are the stories we're doing today. Joe Biden, you know about this guy, the old guy uh, with some cognitive problems? He is chiming in on what's happening in Minneapolis and race and the rioting and everything else. And he just, within the last hour, he just poured absolute gasoline on this thing. Made a really horrible statement that we're gonna play for you. Uh, and then Donald Trump, remember the orange guy that was sort of the center of the universe for about five years and then he got depersoned, he got deplatformed, he got destroyed? Well, he was back on Sean Hannity last night. We're gonna play a little clip of that. And uh, my gut feeling like, we're gonna play in a sec, but like my gut feeling after the little two minute clip you're gonna see, it was like, man, I miss that guy. So we're, we're gonna play the Biden clip and then we're gonna play that. And you tell me which one of these guys is saying something closer to something that is true and something that is actually uh, American. Uh, and then we've got a whole bunch from Florida, the state that is calling me, uh, because Ron DeSantis signed a couple things into law. They're not gonna be defunding the police. They're gonna allow for protests, but you can't destroy property and all that other stuff. And then finally, we are playing one extra clip this morning because I just saw this, but if you thought AOC was stupid, if you thought that AOC was ridiculous, if you thought that AOC would be better served in a mental institution than the United States Congress, although really what's the difference? Well, then we've got just the clip for you. So we're gonna do all that and more, as you can see. I'm feeling good, people. Uh, before we get to it, you know, when you're running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, the list goes on and on. And HR manager salaries aren't cheap at an average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, -E, was specifically created for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance, all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can transform HR from your biggest liability to your greatest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, -day, all for just 99 bucks a month. Month to month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. If you're like me, then I bet you didn't start your business because you wanted to spend all your time on HR compliance, and now that I have two businesses, I assure you that's true. Let Bambi help get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash Ruben right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash Ruben, spelled BAM to the B-E-E.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Okay, so let's just throw right into this video. Uh, Joe Biden, just in the last hour, has commented on the trial of Derek Chauvin, who is obviously the uh, Minnesota police officer who was on trial for the death of George Floyd. And really listen to what Joe Biden just said, knowing that we know riots are coming, riots have already been happening, we know riots are coming, and that we're supposed to have something in this country called the presumption of innocence. There is a reason that that lady outside the court is blindfolded. There's a reason that you have a trial and a peer jury and all of those things. Now listen to the president. I, I can only imagine the pressure and anxiety they're feeling. Uh, and so uh, I waited till the jury was sequestered and uh, and I called, and as uh, I wasn't going to say anything about it, but Thelonious uh, said today on television, and he accurately said it was a private conversation because uh, uh, Joe understands what it's like to go through laws. And um, they're a good family, and they're calling for peace 
tranquility, no matter what that verdict is. I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict, which is, I think it's overwhelming in my view. I wouldn't say that unless the, the jury was sequestered now, not hear me say that. But so we, we just talked to them. I want to know how they were doing, just personally. And we talked about personal things. Ah, oh. oh, Joe, 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 Joe. I'm praying that the verdict is the right verdict. That is the President of the United States making it very clear that he wants a guilty verdict and that if a guilty verdict doesn't happen for whatever just happened in the trial, Joe doesn't mention any of the specifics in the trial or the drugs in George Floyd's system or whether the cop did the right thing or not or the negligence or the training or any of those things. And that's actually a completely separate issue. What the President of the United States just did was basically set up a situation that he's praying that if he doesn't get the quote, right verdict, ah, we got a problem, we got a problem on our hands. That is an extraordinary amount of gasoline that he just threw on this fire. And we know that Minneapolis is about to blow up. We know what's been going on in Brooklyn Center. And let's not forget, Joe, while he's praying that we get the right verdict, uh, he's the same guy who during the presidential campaign said that Antifa is just an idea. Now, if you live in Portland, or if you live in Seattle, or certainly if you live in Minneapolis, or if you live in LA, or you live in New York, or a whole bunch of other places, you know that the idea of Antifa is the thing that's burning everything down, and now we know how closely in cahoots they are with Black Lives Matter, and that these activists are openly calling basically for the destruction of the United States. They're rampaging through our cities, destroying public property, destroying private property, attacking federal courthouses. This is going on and on and on. By the way, uh, just as a sort of sidebar to all of this, just yesterday, because every now and again somebody will say to me, well, you know, Dave, you, you rag on CNN a lot, but that Jake Tapper ain't so bad. That Jake Tapper's pretty good. Uh, and by the way, Jake Tapper, about five, six years ago when he was on ABC News, I think he was the chief White House correspondent, if I'm not mistaken, he actually was pretty good. And then there's something that happens when you move to CNN that's like being drubbed in the head with a, a big hammer or something. But I quickly glanced at his Twitter feed yesterday and I looked at his last like 50 tweets and there was nothing about riots. So again, this is like one of those fake news things where if you follow certain people and they don't tell you what's actually going on and then you know more riots come because you don't hear exactly what happened in the trial and everything else, you're just shocked when, when reality smashes you in the face. Anyway, what Biden did there was so dangerous. You know, we have a judicial system and it may not be perfect. And there's all sorts of issues that we could discuss about policing and all of these things, as I keep saying. But the fact that the president basically said that he's praying, that no, not basically, he said, I am praying the verdict is the right verdict. Implying like, I know what I need to know and we better get that conviction. And by the way, we know they're gonna riot either way. We know the riots are coming no matter what, like mark my words, I don't think that that really takes an extraordinary brain to figure that out. So that is seriously dangerous. But if you don't think that's dangerous, what's going on with Joe Biden and all of my very smart liberal friends, you know, who always said, you know, we just must get rid of orange man so that Joe Biden, it'll be, make it easier for us to fight the crazy lefties because Trump is so polarizing and Joe Biden won't be that bad. Well, I don't know that there's literally anything that Joe Biden has done that hasn't exacerbated all of the bad ideas that many of the decent liberals, and then of course the conservatives and libertarians have been fighting against for a long time. So we've got uh, a quote here from the National Review because Biden is basically putting critical race theory back in schools. Let's remember, Trump took great critical race theory out of schools. Here is National Review. Biden's Department of Education has just 
release the text of a proposed new rule establishing priorities for grants in American history and civics education program. That rule gives priority to grant projects that incorporate racially, ethnically, culturally, and linguistically diverse perspectives. The rule goes on to cite and praise the New York Times landmark 1619 project, as well as the work of critical race theorist Kendi as leading examples of the sort of ideas the Biden administration wants to spread. Okay, so let me be crystal clear about this. The Biden administration, and again, I say the Biden administration, not old Joe, because none of this is coming from his handicapped brain, is now in effect anti-American. That is what it is. The 1619 Project, which many of the ideas in the 1619 Project have been debunked, the idea that the founding principle of the United States was slavery as opposed to freedom. I mean, this is a crazy proposition. The idea that the anti-racist book by Kendi would be something that you would want in the system. They are institutionalizing racism in our public schools. They are institutionalizing systemic racism into our system. They are doing the reverse of MLK and all of that stuff. I know you guys get it, but we gotta get more people to get it. And if you don't think that's bad enough, well, there's more coming because the FBI is appointing its first chief diversity officer. This is from Homeland Security Today. Director for Christopher Wray has formally appointed Scott McMillan as the FBI's first chief diversity offer. In, uh, officer. In this role, Mc, Mr. McMillan will direct the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Okay, so again, nobody cares what your color is, nobody cares what your gender is, nobody cares what your sexuality is, or any of that stuff. Once we put these departments into all of these institutions, into all of these businesses, into all of these governmental organizations, they slowly, well, I don't even wanna say slowly, in many cases, very quickly rot them from the inside. I don't care if my local FBI agent is black or white or gay or trans, okay? I want them to be competent. This is the same thing with a doctor. I, if I had a heart problem, I would wanna go to the best doctor. I wouldn't wanna go, well, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to have a black lesbian doctor. That would be best for me. Sure, you know, I've got this hard thing. We gotta work this out, but sorry, whitey. I'm not racist. I'm an anti-racist and I demand that my, that my heart surgery be done by a black lesbian, preferably with a lazy eye. Would that be possible? Because that would help, you know what I mean? Uh, this is all dangerous stuff. So they are bringing critical race theory into the institutions. They're telling you that they're gonna give grants to people that spread these bad ideas. Then the FBI is saying, okay, we're gonna have an office of diversity and inclusion. And just, I mean, really think about it for a second, like joking aside, do you think that any of these things are gonna make us more tolerant. Like, is there any reason to believe that critical race theory, is there any reason to believe that the ideas of wokeness and intersectionality and social justice, do, do any, does anything happening right now feel more tolerant? Do we feel more diverse? Do we think that this is healing? Do we think that this is bringing together people? Of course not, it's destroying everything and that's actually what it's designed to do and it's being imported by a guy who doesn't know which way is up. Uh, so that's enough on Biden for now. Let, let's talk about that Trump guy. And, and to the YouTube gods, please don't ban me for talking about the president of the United States who you guys made a whole bunch of money on while you were promoting him until you decided not to promote him anymore. Uh, Donald Trump went on Sean Hannity on Fox News last night for, for a pretty extensive interview. And let's just watch this one little bite. 
So he's going to be 79 years old. That is not old. I know many people in their late 80s that are just as good as they were years ago. I spoke to one who's 92 years old. He said, I feel better than I did 20 years ago. 78, 79 is not old. Uh, but he, you know, look, uh, I, I don't think it's even appropriate for me to comment on that. It sort of speaks for itself. I mean, people can make their own determination. I know that if it were me, uh, they would be up and down going crazy, right? But uh, I had an instance where on a slippery, slippery ramp, piece of steel, very steep and very long, no railings, no nothing, and it was pouring at West Point. And the last thing I want to do is go down, because when Gerald Ford went down, it was not good. <laughs> now, when Biden went down, the, Three pay, times. the press didn't cover it. I mean, if you look at... Well, the, well in fairness, his aide said that the wind, it was yeah. very windy. The wind might have blown him over. Did the wind ever blow you over when you well, were... Well, Air Force One is a very big plane. And usually what they try and do is shield the wind. You know, when they park it, you can turn it at angles. And so you don't ever have too much. I've never seen too much wind. Uh, it can get a little windy, but not the kind of wind that blows you over. But uh, if you look at mainstream media, or as you say, lamestream media, they didn't cover that. If that were a Republican, in particular, if it was me, that would be the biggest story for the rest of uh, the year. I got to tell you guys, I miss him. I know I'm not going to get invited to Hollywood parties. That's all right. That's all right. We host parties here of dissidents and radicals. Um, I miss him, and actually everything he said there, and yes, is he a little more bronze than usual, and the hair is like a little bit crazier, and the way he speaks is still as stilted and, and strange, the patterns, all that stuff. But man, basically in that minute and a half clip, he told you the truth, like it was the truth. The media would have went bananas if he had fallen down the steps three times, right? And they pretty much ignored it or excused it or said it had something to do with the wind. But the line, I've never seen too much wind. It can get a little windy. And then I think he said, not enough to knock you down, something like that. Like, he's closer to telling the truth than anyone we have in politics right now. And that is just a bizarre reality. It is, I, I don't think, I think it is quite possible that within our lifetimes, we will not see anyone in a, in a political sense, at least not right now, let's say for the next 10 years, because Lord only knows which way the whole world is gonna go, that will be remotely as truthful as him, right? Like, it's not like they were discussing something so important right there, but like, for all the craziness about the way he speaks, like, the truth is sort of under it versus what everyone else in politics does, which is try to pretend they're a great person and then they just lie and bullshit to you. Uh, he also made a point that, you know, 79 is not that old. It actually isn't in 2021, right? Like there are so many uh, medications, there, there are new ways of thinking, new ways of living. We know so much more about health and diet and all of these things that of course, of course you could be bright and vibrant and doing incredible things well into your 90s. When I lived in New York City, my, my grandmother's first cousins, this was like my great aunt uh, or something like that. I guess she was a great, or she was a cousin of some sort. Anyway, she lived till she was about 97. And when she was about 95, I was out walking the dog. It was like 3 a.m. in New York City. And I'm walking the dog and I see from the distance sort of this person stumbling down the street. And it was my cousin Barbara, who was at the time about 95. She was a piano teacher, still teaching all day long. And she had a couple martinis with friends and she was wandering home drunk on the Upper West Side of New York City. Like, you can live a long, vibrant life. I don't think that's exactly what we're seeing with uh, you-know-who. Uh, anyway, it's interesting that, that Hannity put 
Trump on because he obviously is getting a little more involved right now. And I think what's interesting is, you know, there's such a massive vacuum on the right side of things, right? So I think DeSantis, who we're gonna get into in just a second, I think he's kind of filling the vacuum at some level. But as I've said for a while, you know, what the, what the Republicans or conservatives or anyone non-woke, whatever it is, what they're gonna have to figure out is, well, how do we get the fighter who's gonna do all of the, all of the nasty stuff, all the WWE style moves when, you know, when the referee's looking the other way, who's gonna hit someone with a chair the way Trump would while also being statesmanlike, because that's what a lot of people said to me. A lot of people said, well, Dave, I understand Trump's policies aren't bad, and I understand that the other guys are bananas, but it's the way he speaks, it's the, it's the things he talks about, the grab him by the pussy, blah, 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 boo. Well, okay, well, how are you gonna get that? Because if you just take a regular guy and try to put him through that machine, John McCain, Mitt Romney, you know you lose. So that's the negotiation, I would say, for people on the right. But that's actually a good segue. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with Ron DeSantis over in Florida. Uh, so they just passed an anti-riot bill in Florida. And let me, let me read a little bit here. Uh, this is from the official press release. Governor Ron DeSantis was joined by legislative leadership and law enforcement officials from across the state to sign the Combating Public Disorder Act into law. The bill HB1 takes a robust approach to uphold the rule of law, stand with those serving in law enforcement, and enforce Florida's zero tolerance policy for violent and disorderly assemblies. Okay, so what's interesting about that is that's obviously in reaction to what's happening all over the country, but particularly in Minneapolis right now. The basic idea is that yes, you can protest, but you can't burn things down, you can't destroy property, and you can't murder and assault people. That's in essence what they passed here. Uh, then DeSantis gave uh, a press conference, and let me read you just a little bit. He said, if you riot, you are going to jail and you are going to have to spend time in jail. If you ins uh, assault law enforcement in a violent assembly, you are definitely going to go to jail. You burn down somebody's business, the penalties are going to be very swift and immediate. Yes, that is exactly what we need, and that is called leadership, right? That is called leadership. Most of us, whatever our political differences are, we wanna live in a country of law and order, right? We want the basic idea of you can't steal from someone, you can't destroy their stuff, you can't attack law enforcement. Those are the basic things we want. And then we can figure out, okay, are there little tweaks we can do within that to make things better, or whatever word you wanna use for that. Uh, but then, uh, after DeSantis spoke, the Flor uh, Florida sheriff from Polk County, uh, Grady Judd, well, he had a message for all of the new people on their way to Florida right now. We're a special place, and there are millions and millions of people who like to come here, and quite frankly, we like to have them here. So we only want to share one thing as you move in hundreds a day. Welcome to Florida, but don't register to vote and vote the stupid way you did up north. You'll get what they got. <laughs> There's a reason that this place is fun. There's a reason why we have a 49-year low crime rate. Truth, that's what you just heard there. Truth, kind of like Trump before. There are some people saying something true. I cannot believe I'm sitting here telling you that Trump is now the, the, the grand arbiter of, of truth in public discourse these days. But what uh, Sheriff Grady Judd just said there was absolutely true. This is a great place. We've built it right. 
we're doing the right thing. Sure, you mocked us for Florida man over the years, but we put a primacy on liberty, on freedom, all of that good stuff that you're now coming to share in and you're fleeing places like San Francisco. As I've mentioned to you guys, when I was in uh, Miami a couple weeks ago, no, this was, uh, this was February, it's so a little more than a couple weeks ago, uh, the amount of people fleeing San Francisco, Silicon Valley, to now set up shop in Miami, in broader Florida, but mostly Miami, it's extraordinary. We're actually moving locals. We're moving the entire company down there. Um, he's so right when he says, don't vote the stupid way they did up north. Like this is sort of the challenge for the free states. There is nobody, like please, somebody show me the people that are fleeing the red states. Because if, if you listen to the mainstream media, the corporate press, as it were, uh, it would sound like, oh my God, people would have to flee these open states because everyone's dying and it's horrible. So people must be fleeing Florida, they must be fleeing Texas, and they must be moving to safe havens of freedom like California and New York. I can't find one example of that. Can somebody please find me an example of somebody that was like, oh my God, what's happening in Florida is just horrible. I can't live amongst these people anymore with their freedom and their open uh, economies and all of that stuff. I'm moving to California. Like, can you possibly imagine that? The only person who I know that moved to, to Los Angeles and the entire thing is my director, Connor, and he moved from Seattle, okay? He moved from Seattle. He didn't move to, he didn't move from, he didn't move from Texas, you know what I'm saying? He moved from CHOP, okay? He was the number one real estate agent in CHOP and he moved down here to Los Angeles. So you see my point, people. I think, I think everybody gets it and I love you, Florida. I can't wait to be in you again. Um, all right, one more for you guys, because I just saw this. And AOC, is, she's just terrible. She's just absolutely terrible. What do you want me to say? There's no way I can analyze it more than that. This woman is an idiot. She is a buffoon. She's a, she's a character actor who they selected for the part of playing AOC. And she just gave a, a speech about climate change. And just listen, really, just listen to the pure drivel that is AOC. Cli the climate crisis is a crisis born of injustice and it is a crisis born of the pursuit of profit at any and all human and ecological cost. Right. Which means that we must recognize in legislation that the trampling of indigenous rights is a cause of climate change. The, the trampling of racial justice is a cause of climate change because we are allowing people and we are allowing ourselves to make sure, to, we are allowing folks to deny ourselves human rights and deny people the right to health care, the right to housing and education. She just said absolutely nothing. Those are words that were put together in something remotely close to sentences, but she said absolutely nothing that was remotely close to a sensible thought at all. The quote, the trampling of racial justice is a cause of climate change. Do you see what they do? They combine all of their pet ridiculous issues that mostly they imagine, and then they link them to some much other, some much bigger thing that they want to do. So the trampling of racial justice is about climate change, and guess what? If you let her use her Green New Deal or her New Green Deal or whatever the hell it is, and you let her take enough money out of the American economy to do whatever it is she wants to do, then things will be better. But she really, just babbles completely incoherently, and that reminded me of something. I personally believe 
that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps and uh, I believe that our ed education like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq everywhere like such as and I believe that they should uh, our education over here in the US should help the US um, or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we will be able to build up our future I don't know what happened to that lady, but I would vote for her before I would vote for AOC. If that girl will run in AOC's district, I will support her. I will donate money to her. I will put her on the show. I will use every connection that I have in this world to do everything I can to have her get rid of AOC because whatever she just said about the maps and South Africa and the whole other thing was a hell of a lot more sensible than anything that AOC just babbled in that ridiculous press conference. On that note, people, I've enjoyed the show today. I said it was gonna be our longest ever. It didn't, we're 28 minutes, I try to keep them to 24. We ballparked it, we ballparked it. Uh, obviously I have a whole bunch to do related to locals, got a bunch of press coming up and all that. Oh, and by the way, the reason I wanted to play that AOC clip was not just to mock AOC, who is so mockable, but uh, you know, I've long believed that there are ways we can do things about the environment. And I think most, say, right-leaning people don't think there's nothing that could be done about the environment or that we couldn't do things a little bit better or everything else. They just don't want giant government programs to be the answer. So you know what we're gonna do about it, people? We're gonna do a Friday panel show this week with Bjorn Lomberg, uh, Benji Backer, and Alex Epstein talking about how private companies and perhaps even public-private partnerships could have something to do with fixing some of the environment and we don't just have to give AOC a whole bunch of power so she can lecture us about cow farts and systemic injustice. On that note, guys, uh, part one of my interview with Andrew Gruel, Chef Andrew Gruel. Uh, it's, the guy's just great, and if you haven't seen his pictures on Twitter of what this guy's cooking up, it's just amazing. And he's fighting all of the draconian lockdowns here in California. Like, talk about somebody that like stepped into the role that they were supposed to be in. Uh, part one is up on YouTube right now. Part, uh, the full episode, of course, is up ad-free at Ruben Report. .locals.com, and I just wanna say one other thing about what we did with Locals, the announcement we made this morning. You know, a couple weeks ago, actually after I had David Sachs on the show, we had known at that point the deal was coming together, and I taped an extra segment with him where he talked about why he invested in Locals and what he thought we're doing. I posted that on Locals for subscribers only, and not one person leaked it. It didn't get leaked to the media, it didn't get leaked anywhere, and that shows you that there is a way to rebuild community online. And that if you bring together people who have some even vague sense of a, of a similar future that they wanna get to, that you can build it. So we have built it, and if you build it, they will come. So I hope you will join us at rubenreport.locals.com. And as I said, we now have a yearly subscription. So if you wanna get two months free, you can do that right now. Uh, that's it, busy day. Hope you enjoyed the show. There was a lot, there was a lot there. Uh, but you know, the last couple of days I've been sort of more annoyed and angry and a little frustrated about the world and everything else. Like if that AOC thing and the girl that I'm gonna vote for to replace AOC, if that didn't put a smile on your face, like you gotta talk to somebody. Anyway, have a great day, everybody. Oh, and it's 4.20, so do what you gotta do if you have Gakko. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern.
And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.